And welcome to episode 25. We are quarter century old today. <laughs> this is the Diz Explorers is podcast. That all? Yeah, that's it. It may seem like longer, but it's it's we're on the uh, grand old number 25. <laughs> this week joining us we have Miss Adrian. Hello. And Miss Melanie. Hiya. And Mr. Milford. Hello. And I'm RJ. And for this episode, we are going to talk about Disney mistakes. <laughs> Not mistakes Disney has made, because that <laughs> can That's another podcast. that can encompass many episodes over many weeks. And <laughs> it's this we're gonna try we're gonna uh, focus on mistakes that we have made either early on in our exploring days of Disney parks, cruises, or even things that we still find that we do wrong today, either because we're creatures of habit or new stuff that we learn in the ever-changing environment that is the Disney parks. We're going to kick it off with our uh, Jedi Master Trainer, Adrian. All right. Well, before I earned that nickname, <laughs> I made several <laughs> Disney planning mistakes. And I, when I was thinking about this topic and trying to decide what I was going to talk about, the first thing that hit into my brain was um, probably the biggest mistake I've ever made. And that was just not paying attention to what was going on in Disney at the time. And what I'm talking about is I didn't look up park hours. I didn't look up special events. Mm -hmm. And I was the you know, the designated planner for a big family trip a few years ago, back when we were just kind of casual Disney people, you know, like going every couple of years kind of thing and planned for us to have a split day on, we went to Hollywood studios, I think that morning. And then we were going to go to animal kingdom that night, not realizing the animal kingdom closed at five o'clock. <laughs> so <laughs> we got there at like three and, um, and had to, book it out. Now, thankfully there was like a giant downpour. So nobody was upset with me, but, um, <laughs> cause we were, everybody was headed out of the park at five o'clock, <laughs> but, but you know, if it hadn't been for that, I'm pretty sure my family would have looked at me like I was insane. Hmm. And also on that same trip, I planned our magic kingdom day for a day that there was a not so scary Halloween party. We didn't have tickets. We got kicked out at seven o'clock. <laughs> so, you know, you get, just things that I didn't back then, I just didn't think about. So biggest mistake that I've made definitely is wasting precious Disney time by not paying attention to park hours and special events. But the other little mistakes that I was kind of thinking about were um, also kind of to do with time and my children. And I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't think about the fact that even older children are going to get tired and not like mm -hmm. have to head back and go to the hotel kind of tired, but just tired of walking. Right. Um, we, we said in our last podcast, right. That Milford walked like 51 miles or something like that. <laughs> and, you know, so I didn't think about the fact that my four-year-old or my five-year-old would need a stroller. And she, cause she ended up riding on my husband's shoulders a lot which made him tired and cranky. And then she was tired and cranky. And if I just had a stroller, it would have been a lot easier. Hmm. And then finally, which is one of my biggest tips for people is how much time I spend, 
how much time I spent waiting in line for the monorail to get into Magic Kingdom, especially in the mornings, like if they're broken down or if everybody's trying to get there at rope drop, not using the um, resort monorail instead. That one I just picked up. We talked a little bit before we started recording about, you know, things that you didn't realize that you could do and you could do better. And that's one of the things that I didn't realize I could have been doing better. Waiting in lines makes my husband crankier than anything in the world. Um, <laughs> and so standing around with hundreds of people waiting to get on a monorail absolutely uh -huh. drives him insane. So once I figured out that we could just skip right on over to that resort monorail, make it there faster, um, it definitely made our trips a little bit easier. Those were mine, my big mistakes that I've remedied. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I've definitely made the stroller mistake. and Right. Yeah, and the monorail thing, yeah, it's it's crazy, the express monorail, because I, I don't think people realize that for people who drive, the Magic Kingdom doesn't actually have its own parking lot. You park at the Transportation and Ticket Center. Right. So then you have to, you have to either take the monorail or the ferry. Now, it's gotten much better mm -hmm. because they do have two of those Gigantor ferry boats, which hold just as many people, if not if more, than the monorail does on a trip over. So... You know, it, it moves a little better, but yeah, waiting for that express monorail, it's, it's, it's really like herding cattle, especially yeah. first thing in the morning. It's it's brutal for like that first hour and a half. It really, really is. All right, so moving along, our sea captain, Melanie, will uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about her okay. early seafaring mistakes. <laughs> well, one of them actually will go, will predate some of my sea mistakes. So my first Mia Culpa actually was at Epcot. You'll see a theme to all of my Mia Culpas, and they are <laughs> revolving around my stomach and dining. <laughs> because dining is a very big deal on any Disney vacation, whether it's at the parks or on the cruises. Yeah. My first mistake was riding Mission Space for the first time. Yeah. Did you and jump going, right in orange? <laughs> I did. You know, maybe it was the Lieutenant Dan thing. I'm not sure. I was excited and my boys were like, mom, come with me on this one. And my husband went with my daughter on the less intensive version of it. So, but I'm like, I'm, I'm all in for this experience. However, that experience was unfortunately about 30 minutes before my highly anticipated reservations at La Cellier. Oh. Uh -huh. oh. <laughs> you see where I'm going with that. Yep. My stomach was fit to be tied. No, I did not get ill, but I was not exactly in a La Cellier kind of mood. Nope. <laughs> Luckily, we were on the dining plan, and this was early enough that La Cellier was only one dining credit at the time. Um, so we're talking, you know, it was a long time ago, but long enough, but still fresh enough in my memory where every time I see La Cellier, my stomach does a little... <laughs> I know, and I so wanted, and I know that if I went back this year, I would have a fantastic experience. But yet, that memory still lingers. So please do not ride Mission Space anytime before a reservation at the Cellier or hmm. any other highly coveted dining experience on your Disney list. Hmm. And, and while I'm, you know. I am prone to motion sickness and I make no bones about it. So my next, my next mea culpa was thinking that after a few days at sea, I had my sea legs under me and that I would be just fine taking off my scopolamine patch. If you've ever seen 
people on board a Disney cruise line ship with little circular band-aid looking things behind their ears. That is a medication called scopolamine. It's a prescription medication that your doctor gives you before you leave or the ship's doctor can prescribe it to you if needed. But I highly recommend getting it beforehand because it's a lot less expensive that way. And through the years of traveling, I know that that is my best way to avoid seasickness is that patch. But I got my sea legs under me and I thought I'd be okay one day. You replace them every three days. So I took, after the third day of the cruise, I took it off and just didn't replace it. Within two to three hours, I was regretting that decision oh so terribly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it cost me about a half a day of my my precious sea time before I was feeling back to myself again. I do not do well with an ill stomach. It takes me down for the count. On the DCL Prep School blog, I give a lot of tips on how to deal with seasickness because people are actually, it, it, it's something that prevents people from set, from sailing and I don't want it to take my bad experiences and learn from them, please. <laughs> because I didn't, I, I've never made that mistake again. No matter how good I feel, keep the patch on because that's why I feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> and my last, my last Disney cruise mistake. I've relayed this story before and I always have to, I relay it with reservation because I always think that somebody's listening in who was on that sailing. We, as a family of five, were paired with another family of five for dining on one of our sailings. And I know so many families who love to be paired with other families at dining, at dinner time on Disney Cruise. They, they find their Disney BFFs. They love meeting new families. And we do too. I don't mind sitting with new people at dinner. I don't, I, I usually enjoy it. But when your personalities just don't click, <laughs> it can make dining time awkward. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this policy on Disney Cruise Line, Disney will match families. Usually if you're, if you're a family of two, three, or four, and even five, because I'm a family of five, Disney may pair you with another family for dining. And this serves a couple purposes. It reduces the number of tables that they're managing. It's easier to manage fewer tables, even if there are more guests at them. Um, And for guests, it it helps you meet other families. If it's just me cruising with my little nuclear unit, I I like meeting new people. It's, It's part of the fun. And on paper, we were a perfect match with our family that we, with the family we were matched with, you know, we were, my husband and I were the same age as the other couple, our kids matched in ages. And you would just think that we should have gotten along famously. We did not. I will say that they were very nice people. It had nothing to do with us not being nice or them not being nice. I'm sure they're a great family. We just didn't click and there's nothing wrong with that, but we let it linger too long. Because what both of us should, but both families should have run to guest services (laughs) (laughs) as soon as dinner was over. They should have done it for their own cruise sanity. And so should we, because I I hated it for them as much as for us that that dinner time was awkward. And this was a seven night sailing. (laughs) Yeah, we actually only ate dinner at the main dining room five nights during that cruise. We, We had alternate 
plans for a couple of the other nights. Yeah, it was just awkward. I wish we had requested a dining reassignment, which you can do. If you find yourself paired with a family you are not clicking with for whatever reason, or maybe you just did not realize Disney had this policy and you really don't want to dine with anyone else at all, which I think probably is a better, it is a better thing for us is to not dine with another family forced social <laughs> interactions. Just they don't work well with my group. So they're probably thinking they got paired with the monster family. <laughs> I felt just as bad for them as I did for us. Um, but because we did bump, we only bumped into them two other times the entire, the, this was on the Disney fantasy. She's a huge ship. Mm-hmm. It's not like we were bumping into them very frequently. I only bumped into them twice the entire time we were there. And, and we would chit chat for a few minutes and we were and they were, they were very nice. It's just that for a prolonged seating, like, on board those Disney cruise ships where you're, you know, you're getting the full service dining. It's like a five course meal. This is an hour to, you know, minimum for the kids who are, you know, eating and leaving to an hour and a half for the adults. You know, it was a long force social experiment and social anxiety for some of my family members. (laughs) But we (laughs) should have both just run to guest services together and we should have said, we don't want to sit together. You need to move us. (laughs) But you can do that. You can request a dining reassignment. They will probably put you on a new rotation to minimize awkward bump-ins. So the order of the restaurants you would be dining in might change. But you can do that. This is your cruise. Disney wants you to be happy. However, please do so discreetly. Don't do it. Honestly, don't do that. Obviously, don't do that really in front of the other family. But... You can, if the other family has already left the table, you can ask to speak with the head server. You can go up to guest services. There are so many people who can help you with that awkward dining situation. If you're on a longer cruise, do not let it go on and on. And there's all kinds of reasons to request a dining reassignment that have nothing to do with the awkward match. So that if you do bump into them again, (laughs) you, you know, you can have your reasons at the ready. I mean, sometimes it's a timing issue. Sometimes you pick the late dining but really, your kids are just too tired. You want early dining. And I think that might have had something to do with it. We did have late dining that time. Our, our kids had done late dining before and were fine with it on this particular trip. They just weren't in the mood to be social by the time that late dining time came around. So, you know, dining time changes. Activities, you know, if the kids want to do certain activities at certain times in the kids' clubs and dining times are conflicting with that, you can request a dining reassignment. So there are a lot of reasons to request a reassignment that have nothing to do with the family you're paired with. Go with it. (laughs) If that makes you feel better, if if that reduces your stress of having to endure an awkward situation, you know, but the bottom line is this is your cruise. You have paid a lot of money. For these cruises, I mean, Disney cruises, I, I say, it's no joke, these are an investment in your family to go on one of these cruises. And you don't want mealtime to be an awkward, uncomfortable, or unpleasant situation for anyone, for your family or the family who is seated with you. So if you have, if, the, if red flags are going off that first night, it's probably worth going over to get services to ask for that reassignment. And that's it. Like I'm sure there are other big Disney mistakes I've made over time because no matter how many times you travel to Walt Disney World or you sail with Disney Cruise Line, you learn something new every single time. (laughs) So I'm sure my list of mistakes will continue to grow. 
But the one good thing about most of these mistakes is I have definitely learned from each and every one of them. And that's my list. Very good. I like it. Who could not want to sit with you at a dinner table? I can't fathom. Really? I can't believe it. I mean, I don't understand. What happened? Did did you you turn into (laughs) Southern Mama Melanie at at this? Only only when I need to. But you know what? I I blame the children. It has anything to do with you know, them being nicer, me being nicer. I just think that sometimes personalities just don't click. And that's See, the okay. Opposite. The older that's I get, us. the more, the older I get, the more I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm just not going to be BFFs with everybody at first sight. I'm just oh, not. I'm, I'm not either. I, as in general, I don't like people. So I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't, again, I can't. I think, for some reason, I think on that particular sailing, I don't know if it was my kids' ages at that time because we had done late dining before and it was fine. Late dining was not a good match for them on that cruise. My daughter was asleep by the time dinner came, by the time dessert came. So, for whatever reason, late dining was not a good match for us on that cruise. So that I know had something to do with the kids not feeling like they were connecting with each other. And I will say on most of our cruises. We are traveling in groups where there's at least one other family we already know traveling with us, if not more. So the fact that we were just our own little nuclear unit on that cruise was a unique experience. So I was honestly, I I knew that it was a policy in the back of my head, but I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think to prepare my kids to, to say, hey, we may be sitting with another family. You know, so that I could kind of get them excited about it, which is what I would have done. I would have prepared my kids for the possibility, but it just didn't cross my mind at the time. Now, you can, if you are not open to sitting with another family, if you just know, uh uh-uh, you can have guest services, note that on your reservation, well ahead of time. Have, you know, months before you sail, when you are booking, let either your travel agent or the reservation agent at DCL, let them know you do not want to sit with another family during your main dining time. And this is only for dinner. This is not for lunch or breakfast or anything else. This is only dinner time. But yeah, make sure that that is noted. And you can confirm that when you board the ship because your table number is on your key to the world card. And you can tell whether or not it's a four top, a five top, a 10 top, 12 top. You can tell. So you can confirm that before, you know, the first possible awkward dining situation even occurs if you know that you were not open to sitting with other families. And I think next time on our our, our next cruise is going to be our little nuclear unit again. I, I think we will probably just stay with ourselves <laughs> for that one. See, the opposite happens with, with Sean and I, because we've been on at least three cruises now where it's just the two of us. Right. And they've completely set us at table by ourselves without even asking. Would you want to be seated with other people? Yeah, it doesn't bother us. I don't think it would bother me, but I think that they're just different. The different personalities in my family. Heck, we had two dinners tonight. We can't agree on anything. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not going to agree on how to do dining on Disney Cruise Line. I'm just glad we all agree that we all love Disney Cruise Line. That in itself is a miracle. So, yeah. you know, this dining situation, it, it was a live and learn. Did it did it break our, our cruise? No, of course not. It, it was just kind of an awkward pairing. And we just 
let it go too long. We should have jumped in either on the first or second night and made a change, but it, it's all good. I, I think I think both sides probably learned from that situation, and you know, at least they were nice people. It's not like we were paired with people we couldn't stand. It was just the conversation after the first five minutes was it, it stalled. It got awkward, but maybe we just ate a little more quickly that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, All right. So, what do you guys have? What do you got, Milford? All right. Well, I made a list. <laughs> and it, it might be a little long, but I'll try and go through it really quick. No problem. You know, so you know, you I've talked before. We stay typically in a DVC resort. So, one of the things I do all the time is I overpack. Oh. You know, we always stay in a one or two bedroom Preach. villa. So. It's got a washer and dryer. I don't need more than about three days worth of clothes if that's the case. Uh, you know, the typical one's trying to do everything I can in one day. I finally learned that I can't do everything in one day. It's just not possible. <laughs> Getting to the park and realizing that it's about to rain and I've left my poncho and umbrella in the room. <laughs> Been there too. I have quite a collection of Disney umbrellas and ponchos because we always leave them either at home or in the room. Oh, yeah, this was a good one. I didn't tell you guys about this on the on the previous episode, but uh, we drove 15 and a half hours and found out that I left my Tables in Wonderland card at home. Oh, man. <gasps> yeah, oops, that's like leaving 20% on the table. Yeah, exactly. For those of you who don't know what Tables in Wonderland is, it's a discount card for dining for a lot of the restaurants in Disney World that gives you 20% off of your food and beverage, and that includes alcohol. So, that was bad. Being a big and tall clothed person and leaving your swimming trunks at home. Ugh. Because it's almost impossible to find swimming trunks if you're a little overweight like I am. And it's the time of year, too. If you, yeah, that if it's too. Fall, you know, October, November. The stores are not full of swim gear. No. Yeah, yeah. This one goes back to the trying to do everything I can in one day, but doing too much and needing a vacation for my vacation. Yep. You know, it it's seems Disney. like you can I always you do home. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. Not buying something you really liked on the cruise. Then realizing on disembarkation day that the shops aren't opening. And don't forget that a lot of Castaway Key merchandise is only available on, on Castaway, Castaway Key. Key. Yep. It's not available at the gift shop on board. Another big one is forgetting at six months that you can book dining, especially when you want La Salier or Yachtsman Steakhouse. Because, mm. yeah, if you don't book at six months, you're not going to get La Salier. Oh, and from this last trip, taking a backpack with too many pockets. Because you can't find anything? No, but you've got to go through security. They go through uh... every stinking pocket on the backpack. Finally, the last day said, you know, the last day I went to the park, that I didn't get picked to go through the metal detectors the whole trip until the last day. And then they picked me every time I went into the park. <laughs> and I think it was because I had my backpack with me and they're like, ah, I'm not dealing with this. Go see that guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and on my last trip, 
you guys heard me say I only did dinner with my family one night, so I kind of regret that. I should have done dinner with my family a few more times since we had my sister-in-law and kids and niece and nephews with us, but, you know, it is what it is. So that was the ones I could think of. All right. I guess it's my turn now. <laughs> yep. It is. As Adrian had mentioned earlier in hers, we we did the stroller forgetting thing, at least for my son. My my daughter's first trip, she was six months old, so we had the big stroller. Back in the day, they used to sell these strollers that was like the whole shebang. It was the stroller, it came with the infant seat, and it came with the thing to snap in your car. And the thing was gigantic, but I liked it because it had a huge basket underneath for diapers and the formula and all the, all the crap, so I didn't have to... This was before I started carrying backpacks, so everything fit underneath this thing. It laid down fully flat. The canopy covered the whole damn thing, so it was, like, perfect. But it was gigantic when it folded up. It was heavy, and I was always that guy on the bus that stood in the well by the door because I have a brain in my head. And don't try to get the stroller either sitting next to my wife and the child and having it blocking the row or trying to fit it between the handicapped seats that eventually somebody comes in with a electric or a regular wheelchair so i know there's a little tip for everybody if you travel with a big giant stroller stand up stand near the back door even though it says don't stand there the bus drivers have brains too stand up there with your big stroller and let everybody else sit down and move about the bus the way they're supposed to so that was a mistake of the point of the whole thing was (laughs) i didn't bring a second (laughs) stroller for my son who was only who was two and a half and so I ended up renting one every day, and I rented the double one only because it was bigger with the hope that he would lay down and take a nap. Hence the mistakes. That whole trip was just mistakes, mistakes, epic parenting fails. My six-year-old... Because just in case people don't know, I hate to jump in, those strollers that you rented Magic Kingdom do not recline. No. They're giant. They they're plastic. plastic. hard plastics. Yeah. And they're and hot. There, there's no place for a diaper bag no there's, there's no, no place like, for nothing undercarriage basket nope you have like this little swinging pocket yep of nothingness of nothingness um <laughs> yeah you can fit like the old fast passes in those pockets that's about it not much else you can't even put a um, cup in yes. there sorry too but I, no no that's I, no I, it, that's a that's a good point they wish they had brought their own strollers because they yeah. did not realize that the ones at magic kingdom did not recline and i can't think of what the ones at the other parks look like my kids are teenagers now. they're all the same so i don't are they all the they're same all like the same too? i think the only oh. difference is the one at epcot the ones at epcot are gray or they used to be gray and purple they may all be this uh-huh. the same tan with the yeah, blue they're all the plastic yeah, no, they're all plastic, but they were different colors. Which for sanitary reasons, I get, but it's just, oh yeah, sure, they you just... always got the double, even when there was only one kid in them. Yeah, so long story short, he never napped. The mistake of the thing was we never took a break. We we hit the parks the way that we always hit the parks before we had kids. And when my son's first trip, he was a year old, so same thing. He was in a stroller. He was not walking. My my kids walked real late, so. He didn't complain. You know, he was out when we were either in the lobby of, of the resort or another resort crawling around or when we were in our hotel room. And he just hung out in the stroller unless I carried him around for a little bit or on a ride or something like that. That first trip when he was two and a half, it was just, and it was no fault of my son's. He just, 
you know, we, we pushed it. It was hot. It was an October trip. It was unseasonably hot. It was mid-90s every day. And he just, uh, you know, he just, he had his meltdowns as a two-and-a-half-year-old is going gonna, is gonna to do. And which in turn, had my wife and I had meltdowns. And there were, it was said multiple times on that trip that we were ready to buy a plane ticket and just get the hell out of there. Which was extremely rude because my parents had gotten us that trip and been there with us as well. So, <laughs> so mistake, you know, stroller. When you're there with young children, and I know Adrian has said this many times and, and does put it on her blog, has put it on her planning blogs often, and I think it can't be stressed enough. Obviously, you have to know your children, but there's no reason to spend uh, from rope drop to last bus in the park with children that young. They just yes. they just can't handle it, no matter how much you think they will, because, oh, they'll be in the stroller, they'll sleep, they'll be fine. It just, it doesn't work. And what happens is maybe the first day it works, but after that it's not happening. They, the kids need their rest. Their, their, their routine is disrupted as it is. And you can't, I mean, with trying to get as much time in the parks as possible, because it is a, it is a basic, big expense. And now my kids are 11 and nine and my youngest is four. So it's a lot has changed in, in 11 years since we went, you, you, there's so much more planning involved that you really have to allow for those afternoon naps. Plus, it gives you a break because the parks are the busiest between 11 and 3 and 4 o'clock. And everyone just, the, the latecomers, that's when they're getting there. And that's when fast passes really start to kick in, like after 10, 10.30 in the Magic Kingdom, at least, where there's so many fast passes to, to, to book. You just you got to be smart and and it was a huge mistake on on my wife and I's part and you know we we still talk about it today and I still will always go back to it just you know I'm thinking about it now and I'm like just how how terrible it was and and just how bad now I felt for how it all went I mean of course he, he you know the kids don't remember anything so you know and the, the next trip we went to when my daughter was that age we had a totally different approach with it and it was just and it went much much smoother and it has since with my other kids getting older and then our third who is like I said now four his his trip at that age was much much different and even though all three kids had different personalities they all still need that that afternoon break and you know as, as much as I like to see fireworks and parades all night every night when I'm there because that's like, you know, the nice cap off for every night. The kids really could care less. They really could. My kids were, my oldest was scared of fireworks and hated listening to them. And one of us would have to stand in a shop with him until probably about the past two years. And it just wasn't something he liked, which I'd never understood because I used to tell them when you guys are running around and screaming in the house, you're louder than the flipping fireworks. So <laughs> <laughs> standing on Main Street, it's not that loud, you know, but so that 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 was definitely a big probably the biggest mistake that I could say that that we've made. It's been child related stuff like that. I just I don't know. I can't I can't stress that enough because if if your kids aren't happy, you're not happy. And that's, you know, and then it's, then it seems like a wasted trip. And then that's, then that's where you get the naysayers and, and the people who will speak negative and, oh, it's too crowded and the lines are too long and this and that and the other thing. And it's, you know, you, you gotta be smart about it. You gotta, you gotta plan like, like Adrian said and, and, and Melanie has said, you gotta, 
it's it's part of the deal now. It's part of the deal. You you got to plan every every part of it for for the most part. That's pretty much all I got. Milford mentioned ponchos. I I do the same thing. We've we've probably got about fifty ponchos, but I've I've been I've been good the last couple trips, and we do bring them. It takes a lot for me to throw it on. It's really got to be like downpouring. The main reason yeah, I me too. Main reason I throw it on is because I usually have the backpack with the camera and stuff in it, and I don't want that to get damaged. So I'll put it on to keep the backpack dry. But once your feet are wet, it, it really doesn't matter at that point if my shirt and shorts get wet. It's you know. <laughs> <laughs> you'll dry off quick enough because unless it's it's a full day of downpouring, you know. Yeah, and neither a poncho or an umbrella is going to keep. It's your not going to save you. I mean, the last trip, <laughs> the last trip we were on in September, it it was first time in a long time. It it rained pretty much every day. There was that afternoon brutal storm, like bad, you know, really ridiculous storms. And we only got caught in one that even with the poncho, I was pretty. We were pretty soaked and just had to head back to the room because it was just not pleasant anymore at that point but that's uh that's kind of all i've got for major mistakes that i can think of that have were you know that can make or break your trip being a good one i will one. add one more is more of a live and learn than a mistake for novice pin traders especially or pin collectors if you've got kids who like the whole idea of pin trading, and my kids did for several years, they're kind of, they've outgrown it a bit now. But yet you have purchased pins that you do not want them to trade. Disney does sell locking pin backs. They look like little golden Tic Tacs. Is that my only way to describe them? Instead of using the rubber Mickey head stopper for the back of your trading pin. You put the golden tic-tac on and you secure it with this miniature Allen wrench. The older I get, the harder it is to see that little <laughs> spot where the Allen wrench goes, but yep. it is there. It, it, that locking mechanism serves a couple of purposes. Number one, those lanyards get caught on things and rides. And if you've got a pin that you have purchased that was perhaps a little pricier or one that you purchased to remember a certain experience, whether it's a character dining or an attraction or a milestone, you don't want anything to happen to that pin. And that locking mechanism keeps it securely on that lanyard. Also, I will admit that a lot of times I don't pay that much attention to when my kids are trading pins because for the most part, they know which ones to trade. And it has not happened to me, but I've heard horror stories of parents who have spent, you know, $15, $20 on a on a particular pin that they purchased for a particular reason only to have their child trade it with either another guest or perhaps as professional pin trader people. So those locking mechanisms prevent unwanted trading. <laughs> My kids knew that if it was locked on, that pin was not for trading. If it had the Mickey stopper on the back, trade away my friend <laughs> trade away because we have so many I, I, we probably have scrappers in our collection our collection is pretty big at this point but you know just ones that they've either traded just for fun or ones that we don't care about those get those mickey stoppers and they are we, we enjoy trading those so yes pin locking mechanisms get the golden tic tacs you will not be disappointed <laughs> mm -hmm. i just love that name 
I, I will piggyback off of that because I can tell you those Disney ones, I think for five of them, they charge you like 15 bucks. I, mm-hmm. I went. Well, up, I don't remember them being that much, but maybe they've gone or up. Or whatever it is, it's five for ten or something. It's it's more than it needs to be. I bought a lot. I bought a lot of fifty of them off of Amazon. They're not the Disney ones f- for like five bucks. Wonderful. So Love that. the only the only difference is, which I found out through some research, the Disney ones are long enough. That if you wear them like on a hat or your lanyards and stuff like that, the Disney ones mm-hmm. that Disney sells are long enough. So if you put it all the way so it's tight it's against thicker. whatever fabric, the right. it, it it covers the whole pin. The All the knockoff ones are not as long. So if you put it all the way on, the point does stick right. out a touch. So if you have it on a hat or something like that, it can bother your head. You just leave it away from the fabric a little bit, and it's good. Most people with common sense can figure that out. But that is the difference. And even if you search for like... Disney locking pins, that's all you're going to find because they probably have a patent on that length and everything else. So if, if you're a giant pin collector and you want to use those things for a lot, Amazon, you know, you'll find them on there. Right. And we only use them for lanyards, you know. So with the small kid, six pins is like lifting weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is it's like carrying around a five pound weight around your neck. Yeah. So my kids don't, we, we don't need too many per lanyard, but definitely whether you buy them from Amazon or the parks themselves, if you have pins you want to keep or to protect, uh, definitely get those locking pin backs. No doubt. Or put them in a bag and don't take them on your lanyard. There you go. But you want to display them. You want to show them off, especially if, you know, for a couple of years, my son liked to have uh, the pins from each of the resorts that we had stayed at so mm-hmm. that he could show off where we had stayed. Yeah. Yep. You know, and he didn't want to trade them, but he wanted to show them off. So in that, I understood. Yeah, those locking pin backs also prevent them from being lost. I lost my Florida State Mickey football one on some ride somewhere. And it's probably sitting in the depths of Magic Kingdom as we speak many years later because I didn't have, I didn't know at the time about the locking pin bags and it just popped right off my lanyard. Oh, those darn thrill rides. (laughs) (laughs) I I think it was the Barnstormer personally because I remember my lanyard getting snagged. (laughs) Darn Barnstormer. I, I don't think I've ever wore my lanyard in the park. I was never a pin collector. I only. I have about maybe 20, and I only get the ones that I really want, and it's pr- pretty much been resorts I've stayed at or right. or like this, or like the crossover ones. Like I have Stitch as Captain Barbosa, Stitch as the Emperor, stuff like that, like uh, like odd ones that I've, that I've been drawn to. Those are the only ones I have, and I just have it hang on a lanyard, hanging in my bedroom, collecting dust. And it's, it's never seen the park since I've bought it. I have a few that I put on my backpack that I carry with those locks on it, but right. that's it. And my kids never really got into it either. They like doing, which I guess it's not really a mistake, but it's it could be a tip. They enjoy doing the penny press machines, so right. I always bring a roll of quarters and a and a couple or a couple of rolls of quarters and a roll of pennies just f- from the bank before our trip, and I give each one of them one of each and have at it. When you're out, you're out. You know. So there we go. All right. So those were, those were some of the, some of our things we've learned along the way, uh, whether you call it a mistake or or bad judgment, 
however however you want to categorize it. <laughs> I'm sure live if, and learn. We'll if, call it live and learn. If Jessica and Crystal were here, I'm I'm sure they would have other stuff to add, but they are not. Crystal is still running in her sleep somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and our dear Duchess had a work function that she had to go to, which I understand she firmly told her boss that this was the only time anything on Monday was happening <laughs> for work because it's Mondays her, it's, are Disney night. Monday is her Disney night, and that's pretty much what I tell everybody else as well. <laughs> I will not answer tweets, Facebooks, Instagrams, or anything on a Monday night between the hours of 9 and midnight. Because <laughs> as we do record on Monday nights and we usually jump on the on the on the Skype about nine and we chit chat for a while and before we actually get going with our episode and then however long the episode is and then some of us who are insane end up chatting for an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. We've been known to go very long afterwards. We have, but that's but, the fun. But it's great. It's great because which I enjoy about this crew because not only do we enjoy talking about Disney stuff together, we seem to even though a few of us have met face to face, but many of us have not. But we, over these past four and a half months or so now, I really do feel like I know these people very well, and uh, and that's a lot of fun for me because it's great to not only have one thing in common but see other things that are everybody has in common as well. So, so that's definitely an awesome thing. With that, we are going to wrap up this episode. We'll once again give you our social media accounts and where we can find everyone we will start with milford tonight you can find me on my milford on the move blog milfordhutzel.com on facebook milford on the move and on twitter at milford on move excellent and melanie where can we find you on the old social media you can find me on my website which is dclprepschool.com and you can find me over at Facebook at facebook.com slash DCL Prep School or over at Twitter. It's my handle there is DCL Prep School. Excellent. And Miss Adrian? You can find me on my blog at wdwbound.com, on Twitter at wdwbound underscore com, and Facebook at adriwdwbound. Cool. And as for me, RJ. You can find me on the Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. and on Twitter and Instagram at BlackPearl454. And for the Diz Explorers, you can head on over to DizExplorers.com. You can find all of our troopers' contacts on there, our missing members Jessica and Crystal, and also all the links for the Diz Explorers on Twitter, Instagram, and also to listen to the to the podcast through youtube so that's going to do it for this one episode 25 hope you all enjoyed it and we'll talk to everybody next week mm-hmm.